Chapter 8 No one there. Cody stared out at the front yard of her old house. No one. The workers had all left. Callie, were you here? Cody whispered. Did you knock on my door? Silence. Somewhere down the block, a baby was crying. Cody saw a yellow beam of light darting near the house. The light from a flashlight carried by one of the night security guards. The beam played over the shrubs against the front wall, then disappeared around the side of the house. Without realizing it, Cody stepped out and wandered onto the grass. She stared up at the house, looming black against the purple evening sky. The two upstairs windows seemed to stare down at her like eyes, cold, unfeeling eyes. That was my bedroom, she remembered, and Callie's was down the hall. Cody swallowed hard. She missed her sister so much. She moved closer, drawn to the house, drawn back to her memories. Wet grass clung to her sneakers. A heavy dew had fallen. Somewhere down the block, the baby continued to cry. Short, shrill howls. Cody stepped over cables and around metal cases of equipment and made her way to the window beside the front door. Here I am, standing on this spot again, staring into this house, into this dark living room. A dim light in back. She blinked once, twice. Is it just my imagination? My eyes playing tricks on me? No. Pale light filtered into the hallway, casting long shadows over the carpet. Someone left a kitchen light on, Cody realized. Maybe they're still working in there. Maybe they're still cleaning up. Once again, she pictured Sam McCarthy holding his hand up, the blood spurting over his arm, the lifeless, mangled fingers. Are they working in the kitchen? Or Callie, is it you? Callie, Callie, Callie. Callie, you're the real reason I came back, Cody thought, moving to the front door, pushing the door open, stepping into the narrow entryway. Callie, I promised I'd come back to find you. I saw you the day we left, watching so sadly from the window. I saw you, Callie. And now I've come back to keep my promise. Are you here? Is that your light in the kitchen? Have you been in this house these past two years, waiting, waiting for me? Crazy thoughts, Cody knew. Such crazy, frightening thoughts. But here she was, walking silently through the black hallway, toward the light, the pale light from the kitchen. And now, here she was in the kitchen doorway, staring at the figure bent over the sink, staring at her in shock, covering her mouth to keep from crying out. Chapter 9 Cody sank back into the shadows. She didn't want to be seen. Is that really Mrs. Nordstrom, she asked herself. Is that really our old housekeeper scrubbing the sink? Staying close to the wall, Cody leaned warily into the kitchen. The old woman had her back to Cody as she bent over the sink, scrubbing vigorously, but Cody recognized her. What is she doing in this house after everyone has left? Does she still come here every day? Does she still work here? Mrs. Nordstrom, Cody called out, hurrying across the kitchen. The old housekeeper turned from the sink, her mouth open in surprise. She squinted across the room. Callie, is that you? Cody stopped in the center of the room. No, it's Cody. I'm Cody. Mrs. Nordstrom wiped her hands on a dish towel. Her hands still dripping, she moved forward and wrapped Cody in a quick wet hug. What a surprise, child. It's been so long. How is your family? Okay, Cody replied. I mean, better. They're living in Los Angeles. They, well, you know Mrs. Nordstrom. The old woman tisked, tisked. So much sadness, she murmured. The family that moved in after you. So much sadness for them, too. The boy was about your age. Brant, he died, too. She shook her head. So sad. Cody shuddered. You look exactly the same, Mrs. Nordstrom. I guess I'd better let you get back to work. I'm scrubbing the blood, Mrs. Nordstrom replied sadly. It's so hard to scrub up. She turned back to the sink. Come see me again. Okay, child? 
Okay, Cody replied softly. She backed away, watching the housekeeper, who hummed to herself as she scrubbed at the dark blood stains in the sink. Cody backed into the comforting darkness of the hallway, then turned into the living room. Stepping over the electrical cables, she waited for her eyes to adjust. The furniture was all strange, all new. The set designers had brought new furniture from Los Angeles. Cody made her way into the room, running her hand over the low, crushed velvet couch, stepping around an ottoman. Callie, are you here? The whispered words slipped from her mouth as her eyes scanned the dark room. Callie, it's me. I've come back for you. She stood stiffly in the center of the room and waited. For what? A whispered reply, a laugh, a cold gust of wind that would tell her that her sister was there with her. Callie, I know you can hear me, Cody said, raising her voice, keeping it low and steady. I know you're still in this house, Callie. And then she did feel her. Cody gasped as the feeling swept over her. Just a chill at first, a cold shudder, a heavy presence in the room. You are here, I can tell, she whispered excitedly, feeling her heart pound. The presence came closer. The feeling grew stronger. I can feel you, Callie, Cody cried. I know you're here with me. I, I just know. The blood pulsed at Cody's temples. The whistling in her ears grew louder as she strained to listen, to hear a signal, a whisper, a sigh, that would reveal Callie's presence. Callie, you're here. I know you're here. Before she could turn around, the ghostly hand of her sister slipped over Cody's shoulder and began to tighten around it. Chapter 10 Callie? Cody turned as the hand loosened its grip and stared into a blinding light. It was not her dead sister who had grabbed her. What are you doing in here, miss? How did you get in? The security guard, a stern-looking middle-aged man with a face pushed in like a bulldog's, frowned at her suspiciously. He shone his flashlight at her, a harsh spotlight. I, I, the door was open, Cody stammered. She raised both hands to shield her eyes from the bright light. But why are you here? The guard demanded impatiently. I just came in, Cody blurted out. I mean, I used to live here, and I'm in the movie, and... You're the sister, the guard exclaimed excitedly. He lowered the light. You're the sister, right? I read all about you. A long article. In People magazine. Yeah, I'm the sister, Cody replied weakly. She had been so certain that Callie was near. She had felt the energy. So much energy in the air, in the room, everywhere. But now it was gone. Cody suddenly was strained, weary. Everyone's left, miss, the guard told her. There's just a cleaning woman here. I should go too, Cody said, turning toward the doorway. Sorry if I frightened you. That's okay, the guard said, rubbing his pug nose with the end of the flashlight. At least you weren't a burglar, or a looter. If you were, I'd have had to shoot you. He let out a strange, almost silent laugh. Well, good night, Cody said, eager to get away. She was nearly to the front door when the guard called for her to stop. Just one more thing, miss, he said, hurrying across the room to her. Yeah? Could I have your autograph? He asked shyly. Then he added, it's for my nephew. I want to try the zoom close-up first, Cody heard Bo telling the assistant director. Cody hurried across the back lawn, feeling nervous and excited and eager to get started. She had spent nearly an hour with the makeup girl. Her hair felt heavy from all the hairspray, and the powdery makeup was already making her face itch. Waving to Rob, who stood beside Bo, Cody made her way through the dozens of crew members. They were scurrying around, making sure everything was ready for the morning shoot. It was a little before seven. An orange sun was still low in the brightening sky. The early morning air carried a chill. I'm ready, Cody called breathlessly to Bo. He didn't hear her. He was busy talking to Ken, the technical director, gesturing with his clipboard, clapping Ken on the back with his free hand. Are you nervous? Rob asked, stepping up close to Cody. 
so close you could smell his aftershave. He wore a white polo shirt and straight-legged black denim jeans. You're wearing more makeup than me, Cody blurted out. Rob laughed. That's showbiz. I hate it that you're better looking than me, Cody exclaimed. She immediately regretted saying that. Rob seemed genuinely embarrassed. She forced a laugh. Sorry, I guess I am a little nervous. I don't know what I'm saying. He squeezed her hand gently. His hand was warm, hers cold and wet. You'll do fine. We're just doing reaction shots, he told her. You don't have to say a single line today. Stand back. I want to test the boom camera. Bo gently ushered Cody and Rob out of the way. Hey, you look great, Cody. Feel okay? He hurried back to tell Ken something before Cody could answer. Cody turned back to Rob. Why is the camera up so high? Bo wants to do some zoom-in horror shots. You know, they do them in every horror movie. You scream your head off, and the camera comes zooming down on your face. So the camera comes sliding down that pole? Cody asked, staring up at it. Yeah, the pole is called a boom, Rob told her. She grinned at him. You know everything, huh? She teased. I know enough, he replied, smiling back at her. She thought he might lean over and kiss her right there, right in front of everyone. But Bo interrupted, bursting between them. Where's Persia? He demanded of no one in particular. He scribbled on his notepad. Have you seen Persia? She's up first. I saw her limo arrive. So where is she? Bo asked, searching the backyard. Stella makeup, a crew member yelled. Is there a stand-in? Bo demanded impatiently. I want to test the camera. Cody saw a girl in a sleeveless blue t-shirt and bright blue lycra bicycle shorts step forward. She was the same size as Persia, with short brown hair and a tense, no-nonsense expression. Are you doing lighting? Should I put on my wig? She asked Bo. No, just positioning, Bo told her. What's your name, hon? Joanna, she replied, moving up beside Bo. Aren't you cold in that outfit? Joanna nodded. I thought it would be warmer, but there's not much sun back here. It's so dark. Bo put his hands on her shoulders and guided her into position under the boom. Don't move. That's perfect. Turn to the camera. Do you want me to scream or anything? Joanna asked. Bo had turned to say something to the camera operator, a lanky young man with straight black hair and a black mustache. Joanna crossed her arms over her chest and waited. No, just stand, Bo told her, his eyes on the papers on his clipboard. We'll let Persia do the screaming, if she ever gets out of makeup. Rob leaned close to Cody and whispered, I can't believe Persia is late the first day. I believe it, Cody replied dryly. They took a few steps back as crew members prepared for the camera test. Cody glanced quickly around the backyard. There were at least 20 crew members scurrying around, talking, moving cables, checking equipment, or waiting for Bo's next instructions. Okay, let's try one, Bo called loudly. The crew instantly became silent. Bo put a hand on Joanna's shoulder and gestured up to the camera with his clipboard. It's going to come sliding down the boom toward you, slowly at first, then picking up speed. It'll stop right here. He held his hand a foot from Joanna's face. Should I face it like this? She asked, staring up at the heavy black camera perched so high above the ground. Yeah, good, Bo said, patting her shoulder. You can try a scream if you like. Might be good practice. Bo checked his watch. Ready, Ernie. Rob had his arm around Cody's shoulders. They both moved closer to get a better view. Ernie, the boom operator, flashed Bo a thumbs-up sign. Let it slide on three, Bo instructed. He nodded at Joanna. Then he counted slowly. One, two, three. Cody saw Ernie release a lever. Joanna raised both hands in the air and let out a shrill scream as the big camera started its slide. It slipped down slowly at first, then moved faster. 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 
Joanna's scream stopped abruptly as the camera smashed into her face with a sickening crack. Her arms shot straight out. Like everyone else, Cody stared in silent disbelief. For a few seconds, Joanna seemed suspended there, her head impaled by the protruding lens. Then she toppled back and fell heavily to the ground, leaving the camera soaked with her bright red blood. Chapter 11 Cody buried her face in Rob's shoulder. Is she? Rob? Is Joanna? Rob didn't reply. Shrill, panicky cries ran out over the yard. Call an ambulance! Don't move her. Is she conscious? Where's the phone? Who's calling for help? Try to stop the bleeding. Her eyes. Did it smash her eyes? Cody pictured the camera sliding again, sliding down so hard into Joanna's face. And again, Cody heard the sickening sound of the collision, the crack that had to be the splitting of Joanna's skull. Let's go to my trailer, Rob suggested quietly, his arms around Cody. We can't be of any use here. As he guided her toward the house, Cody heard Ernie, the camera operator, shouting at Bo. The bolts in the catch were all loosened, Ernie called, his voice choked with alarm. Bo, the catch was totally loose. Cody stopped to watch. Bo hurried toward the camera boom, but a man in a gray uniform stepped forward to block his way. The security guard. Cody recognized the security guard from the night before. He was talking rapidly to Bo and pointing at Cody. Bo turned and his eyes narrowed as they locked on Cody. Could you come here for a second, he called. A crowd had huddled around the fallen stand-in. Over the excited, horrified voices of the crew, Cody could hear the wail of sirens growing louder. The ambulance was on its way. Should I wait for you? Rob asked. Cody shook her head. She hurried over to Bo. Cody, were you here last night after everyone left? Bo demanded, his eyes studying her. Well, yeah, but... Cody mumbled, confused. Why is he asking me that? She wondered, her heart starting to pound. That guard said he found you here last night, Bo continued, staring at her through his blue glasses. Yeah, well, I was here, Cody said. I was in the house, but... You weren't out here in the back, Bo demanded. Cody suddenly realized why he was questioning her. He thinks I stayed late to loosen the thing that catches the camera. Bo, you don't think... Her voice caught in her throat. Bo uttered an unhappy sigh. I don't know what to think, Cody. I just can't believe this happened. I... He stopped as uniformed paramedics ran across the yard, carrying metal cases of equipment. Three crew members were leading them to Joanna. Several feet behind Bo, Cody saw the security guard staring accusingly at her. This is crazy, Cody thought. Totally crazy. Why would I mess with the camera? Why? We'll talk later, Bo said, wiping sweat from his forehead with the sleeve of his sweatshirt. They're looking at a heavy-duty lawsuit, Cody heard someone say behind her. Let's just hope the girl lives, another voice added. Her mind spinning, Cody turned and started to make her way toward the house. But Bo came running up beside her. Just one more question, he asked breathlessly. Did you know that Persia was supposed to be on camera first this morning? Huh? Cody's mouth dropped open. I don't understand. Well, you and Persia had that fight yesterday afternoon, Bo replied, his cheeks pink. And then the guard caught you hanging around late. I don't want to believe that you, well... His voice trailed off. Then don't believe it, Cody cried. It's so horrible, Bo. I couldn't do anything like that. I wouldn't even know how to. I, I don't know anything about cameras. Okay, okay. Bo patted her shoulder. I'm out of line. I apologize. I'm just totally whacked by this. I mean, I'm out of my head. I'm sorry. A crew member called frantically to Bo. Bo gave Cody a fretful wave, then hurried away. Feeling dazed, Cody walked slowly toward the house. I've got to get away from here, she thought. 
Again, she saw the camera sliding down, heard the horrifying crack as it slammed into Joanna's face. How could Bo accuse me? Cody asked herself, feeling her anger rise. So what if Persia and I had some problems? Does that make me a murderer? How could he think I loosened the bolts on the camera catch so that it would smash into Persia? How could he accuse me of anything like that? Without realizing it, Cody had entered the house through the back door and was in the kitchen. She shook her head hard, as if trying to shake away her angry thoughts, and glanced around. She half expected to see Mrs. Nordstrom bending over the sink, scrubbing away, but the kitchen was empty. Through the window, Cody watched medics hurry toward the street. They had Joanna on a stretcher, covered in a heavy blanket despite the morning heat. Joanna's arms were crossed over the blanket, her face covered in blood-soaked bandages. Is she alive? Cody wondered with a shudder. Is she going to live? She quickly turned away from the window, swallowing hard, trying to force down her nausea. Her throat felt achingly dry. She shut her eyes and gripped the edge of the kitchen counter, struggling to study herself to calm her racing heart. Did you know Persia was going to be first? Bo's question repeated itself in her ears. Cody opened her eyes. Where is Persia anyway, she wondered. How could Persia ignore all the screams and cries that followed the horrible accident? Accident. The word clung to Cody's mind. Accident. It could have been an accident, couldn't it? And then she had the horrifying answer. No. There are no accidents at 99 Fear Street. No accidents in this house. Only evil. Deliberate evil. Letting out a choked sob, Cody spun away from the counter. She took a few shaky steps across the kitchen, and then noticed the narrow streak of light across the floor. Raising her eyes from the floor, she saw that the refrigerator door was half open. A long rectangle of yellow light poured out from inside. Weird, Cody thought. The appliances in the kitchen are all props. Why is the refrigerator plugged in? Crossing the room, she grabbed a door handle and started to push it closed, but her curiosity made her stop to peek inside. Peering into the golden glow, Cody saw empty shelves, except for the object in the back of the top shelf that made her gasp. A human head. Blonde hair. A green mouth. Green as moldy bread. Set in a twisted smile. Blue eyes staring blankly out at Cody. Cody recognized the face at once. Callie. Callie's head. Chapter 12 Cody's terrified screams brought several people running. She heard the back door swing open, heard heavy footsteps clamoring over the floor, heard muffled cries of surprise, and then Cody felt Bo's gentle but firm hand pulling her away from the open refrigerator, out of the harsh yellow light. Cody, what? he demanded softly. What frightened you? A young, red-haired woman, one of Bo's assistants, lifted the head out of the refrigerator, holding it carefully in both hands. She held it up in front of her. Is this what frightened you? Cody nodded, turning her head so that she wouldn't have to stare into the blue eyes. We put it in there to harden, Bo told her, still holding on to her trembling shoulders. It's a model, Cody. The prop department brought it in this morning. What is her problem? Cody heard someone whisper near the door. Did you think it was a real head? Someone else asked in a hushed whisper. You've had a very upsetting morning, Bo told Cody. He signaled for the others to leave. The assistant replaced the head on the shelf and closed the refrigerator. When everyone had left the room, Bo turned back to Cody. We're all totally freaked by what happened. We all feel edgy. We all feel terrible about this morning, but we can't go over the edge, he said, eyeing her sternly. I have a movie to make, and I'm going to make it, Cody, no matter what. I'm going to get this picture made. But it, it just looks so real, Cody murmured weakly. I came back here to see my sister, and there she was, and... Bo studied Cody for a moment. Cody, 
I want you to go lie down in your trailer. But, Bo, Cody started to protest. He raised a hand to silence her. I'm afraid that coming back to this house has shaken you badly, he said, continuing to speak in a low, soothing tone. That and the accident this morning. He turned and opened the refrigerator door. He reached onto the shelf and pulled out the head, smoothing the blonde hair behind the face. Cody stared once again at the sickening green lips, the lifeless blue eyes. It's not a real head, it's a model, Bo said, speaking very slowly, as if instructing a two-year-old. He raised it higher. See? Cody nodded. Please, Bo said, sliding the head back into the refrigerator. Go to your trailer, okay? Rest. You'll be fine. Okay, Cody replied uncertainly. We need you in this picture, Bo said, his eyes still studying her. I need you, and I need you alert and in good shape, so try real hard to get it together, okay? I'll try, Cody told him. She followed him out the kitchen door. Bo headed toward the crew members, who were working intently on the boom camera. Cody began to follow the driveway down to the street. She had taken only a few steps when she heard Persia's scornful words, deliberately spoken loud enough for Cody to hear. I guess Cody just can't take all the stress, Persia was gloating to one of her assistants. She isn't a pro after all. Well, well, Cody, so freaked out. Did that little head frighten you, poor thing? From the living room window, Callie's ghost watched Cody trudge down the driveway to the long, tan trailer parked across the street. My poor sister is terribly upset, Callie thought gleefully. Cody, did it really upset you to see my head in the fridge? I should be dead, right? Dead and gone. I shouldn't be popping up in the kitchen like that, should I? Callie tilted her head back in a scornful laugh. You said you came back to find me, Cody. You said you came back to keep your promise. But when you did find me, what happened? You totally freaked, didn't you, kid? That's because you're a liar, Cody. That's because you didn't really come back to find your dead, dead sister. You came back to become a movie star. Only things aren't off to a good start, are they? Someone got her pretty face bashed in, and guess what, Cody? A lot of people out there think you are responsible. That's because no one would suspect a ghost could loosen a few bolts. Am I right? No one would ever suspect a ghost. Well, dear sister... The bad news is that this morning was just the beginning. I'm afraid things aren't going to go right on your movie, Cody. I'm afraid there might be a lot of tragic accidents. A lot. What choice do I have after all? I mean, I can't really let you become a movie star, can I? You made a promise to come back to find me. Well, maybe it's time, Cody. Maybe it's time right now. No time like the present. Isn't that the old expression? Well, okay. You can keep your promise now, Cody. Here I come. The morning sun beamed down on the metal trailer top, heating it like an oven. Desperate for some fresh air, Cody rolled a window open, but there was little breeze. She squeezed behind the small Formica table and stared down at the fruit plate and blueberry muffin she had picked up at the caterer's table. Why did I take this stuff, she asked herself. I have no appetite. Cody's stomach felt as if it were tied in a knot. Her throat still throbbed, dry and achy. She took a sip from a bottle of water she'd also picked up from the table. She carried the water with her as she slumped into the low couch. The leather felt warm and sticky under her. A fly buzzed noisily, banging its body against the window pane. Maybe I should quit, she thought sadly, raising her legs onto the couch cushion and stretching out. She rubbed the cool water bottle over her burning forehead. Maybe I should quit before I go crazy, Cody thought. Maybe everyone already thinks I'm crazy. Maybe everyone already thinks I'm some kind of murderer. She sighed and shut her eyes, covering them with one arm. I thought so long and hard about doing this movie. I talked to mom and dad about it for months and months. 
I was so sure I'd made the right decision, but now... She heard the tapping at the trailer door, but ignored it. At first, she thought it was just the creaking of the trailer, but then she recognized the rhythm of the soft knocking. Tap, tap, tap. Silence. Then, tap, tap, tap. This time, Cody didn't delay. The grip of terror tightening every muscle, she forced herself to her feet, and as the final tap sounded, she dove to the door and pushed it open.